Oh, and also it is not mentioned if his dong is big or small. I think this is the first story that Mystery. we've read that has not explicitly been like, oh no, it was huge. It was bird sized. It, yeah, it was it was his, his cloaca gaped ominously at her. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to Shipwrecks, a podcast where we recommend and review erotic fanfiction. I'm Audrey, and with me here today are my friends, Abby and Mira. In these first six episodes, we're focusing on the Harry Potter fandom. Today, we're reading Abby's second selection and our last Harry Potter story for this series, Love and Other Misfortunes, which is a Hermione and Draco fic by Sen Yin Lu. As usual, we have a themey little cocktail to go with it, so Abby, could you tell us what we're drinking today? Today, we're drinking a cocktail, which Audrey helped me name, called The Fancy Man. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty floral, so if it's not your jam, probably avoid this one. Um, it's rose water, lemon juice, simple syrup, and gin topped with club soda. So it's bubbly, fizzy, fruity, and flowery. Delicious. Yes, I love it. Sounds great. It's really good. I figured it would be nice to have a little bit of something less decadent for this week. And then I know that Malfoy Manor in the story does have a beautiful rose garden behind it. So I went with it. Yep, I picked up on that. And it's a nice blonde drink. It's very pale. Mm -hmm. Pasty. Um, so, Abby, could you give us the story setup for this one? This was your pick. All right. So the story starts off post-Hogwarts, with Hermione working at the Ministry in the Department for Magical Creatures, fighting for the rights of underrepresented magical beings. As it turns out, Malfoy is always lurking around the Ministry, popping in and on Hermione and showing suspicious levels of interest in her causes, which he suspects he's really just keeping an eye on things so that his family business and interests remain unfettered. The story continues to unfold. She gets a note from some gal in a different department, something about magical bonding, and she's like, oh no, this has something to do with my werewolf act I'm trying to get past. How could I have not paid attention to this lady sooner? I should go see her. Draco catches wind of this and says, oh no, 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 I got this, don't go. She ignores him and goes anyways. She sits down to talk to this gal to figure out, you know, what she maybe missed in her bill or act or whatnot, and... The gal is very confused why they're talking about this werewolf act. And then, bum, 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 it turns out it's actually a magical creature has bonded to her. That's where the story really starts. Yep. And and if someone has bonded to you and you don't reciprocate, I guess, they will die. Depends on what flavor of magical creature, I guess. <laughs> yes. But, but in this case, without the, without the return loving, you die. Yep, yep. So, um... We learned that Draco is part Vila, which makes perfect sense because he's really blonde. But I felt like I w- as I was reading this story, I was supposed to know more about Vilas than I did know. So does anyone want to hop in with like Vila knowledge that they want to drop? I know that, that Fleur Delacour is part Vila. She's a quarter Vila and Vilas are super attractive and they tend to be blonde or colorless hair. I honestly don't know almost nothing about it. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm looking at Mira because I think it's a genre, right? There's a whole genre of someone is a Vila, right? And they have to mate or die. Well, I think that it's mostly a female thing in the books. And like they have this sort of hypnotic ability that makes men do like silly things and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know if they mention male Vilas at all. Yeah, I looked I looked it up on like 
Potterpedia or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it says that they feel as they're only known to be female. So, But I do think... Well, I guess I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a big subgenre that makes him Avila or something. This isn't the only Draco Vila fic that okay. I have seen, but it's the only one I've read. <laughs> yeah, same. It reminded me of a lot of vampire fics that I've read in the past. Thank you. Thank you. I was getting serious, like, oh, someone wanted to write a vampire fic, but decided this was how they were going to wedge it into this universe. Yeah, so... Got very vampy. I mean, no hate on that. I love vampire fics, but yeah, this is the first Vila fic that I've actually read, so I don't know either. This was actually one of the first Harry Potter fics I read going into this. I, I... I picked this one up. It was of the correct length. And I'm like, oh, hell, let's do it. And it kind of set the bar for me a little bit on the level of sophistication and the quality of writing, which backfired on me slightly. <laughs> you started the Cubs story was great, Abby. Shut up. Um, <laughs> um, so what we learned from this story about Vila's is that Vila's can transform into enormous bird people they say he grows by like a, a a meter in height and gets entirely covered in feathers except for his face which i feel like you either have to go all or nothing because the whole feather body with bald face thing like i cannot <laughs> make that work um bird she, person they say his features get sharper and he's very very attractive and i'm like uh I've, it was very hard for me an artist sketch or a forensic <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could find some good fan so, art for this. If in, we I don't know why, but in my mind, do you guys remember the like gargoyles animation? Yeah, from like the nine. That plus feathers. I don't know why. That's what I'm like. Okay, that's what yeah, we're, okay. it is. Oh man, if he gets Kevin Conroy voice, um, I'll take it. <laughs> I know that the the lady Vila's like kind of turn harpyish when they're disgruntled or whatever. So like there's a person get a third boob or something when they go all harpy. Do harpies have three boobs? Do they? Back in the, yeah, yeah. I a lot thought, of times. I thought they just were there in your face. Harpy number of Pause boobs. for for googling. I'm googling it. Um they, they... Uh, maybe it's cuz I have the last unicorn and to me that's the last still unicorn's like... the shit and yeah, there's three <laughs> boobs in that. Yeah, that's probably that where a, I got it. When I was watching that as a kid, I totally blocked that out. And then I saw that as an adult, and I'm like, how did I not freak out over the three-boob creature? But... <laughs> that's probably why I have it in my mind. I'm like, all harpies have three boobs. End of story. Yeah, harpy number of boobs on a Google image search is bringing up a lot of two-boobed harpies. <laughs> I feel robbed of a titty. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking of Total Recall. I often get... <laughs> Last Unicorn, Total Recall. Yeah. They got to blur together. <laughs> There's a uh, crossover fan fiction to put on the list. Oh my oh god, my yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so Hermione decides she wants to try to make this work with Draco because she realizes that Draco is going to die without her bonding with him, right? Then, then what happens? Do you want to do you want to pick it up from there, Abby? Sure. Yeah. So, she shows up at his place, and he's all like napping and out of it, and yeah, she's just like looming dying. over him. He's dying. <laughs> dying, napping, he's tomato, tomato. It's okay. <laughs> but he, she's like just lurking in his room. Not creepy at all, right? <laughs> he wakes up, and he's like, "The shit are you doing here?" And she's like, "It's time to make it work." 
But long and the short, she heard all about it from his mom. She'd already heard about it a little bit from other people, and she'd done a bunch of research, and she's like, let's give it a go, you know? But he's so delusional and out of it when she gets there, and you could tell from his eyes that he's not tracking. He doesn't know that she's there completely. He's probably honestly questioning if she's a hallucination. And she's like, well, you're losing consciousness and you will die. I read, if I kiss you, it will save you. And so she goes in for the smooch and it gets a little hot and heavy there. And then I feel like it's important. Maybe we could take a pause on their relationship when, could you describe why Draco is not accepting of her help? He feels like she has a martyr complex, like always has to be the hero, wants to do the right thing so much that she's never doing the right thing for herself. And so as his like obsessive puppy love like imprinting on her, he wants to see her happy. And in his mind, he believes that she would never be happy with him no matter what. Because like, obviously there's a lot of baggage there. Like he watched her get tortured in his dining room or whatever. And a bunch of stuff where he's like, well, she'll never get over that. The best I can do is make sure she lives a happy life and is in a good situation before I die. Yeah, because... he also like hates himself for letting her be, letting her get tortured and not doing anything about it, and for basically being like a bully all those years before he realized that he actually mm-hmm. was crushing on her or whatever. So he's like, "Better that I die than you be stuck with the likes of me." Yeah, and if once they like complete the bond to the point where he doesn't die supposedly they're so connected that he could he knows from like being told this is that he will feel her emotions so strongly that if she's dissatisfied with the relationship and wants to find love elsewhere if it's just like a like a a vila beard relationship i guess (laughs) that he would feel her like dissatisfaction with him like so viscerally that it would kill him essentially anyways like he'd feel so awful that he'd prefer to just die before it got there so it's pretty interesting but so they're in the room they canoodle a little bit just get a little hot and heavy and handsy and then she's she pulls back and he's just like the hell is going on and she's trying to convince him she's got feelings for him and, and maybe always did a little bit and he gets a little smug about it when she admits that when they were younger she had little feels for him and she's like you know in your quidditch uniform and i've always had a thing for blondes and she's all embarrassed about it And then he thinks it's too good to be true. And he's like, well, I'll never let it get there pretty much. And he obliviates her. So he doesn't have to deal with it and have to risk all of his fears coming true. Yep. And so that kind of becomes the struggle of the story is, you know, she wants to explore her feelings for him. She has some genuine interest in him and he is not even really entertaining the idea. Right. So it's it's her guilt and her obligation, but also her interest and trying to convince him that he's sincere. So. That kind of is the baseline for their relationship in this. And I wanted to go around the room and ask um, if the central relationship in the story works for you and also how you feel about the sex scenes. Because, spoiler alert, they have sex. (laughs) After you, Mira? Yeah, I guess I'll start. So the relationship basically works for me. I like how they work well together, like at the ministry. Like, he's always teasing her and trying to rile her up, basically, to hide his feelings. Their intellectual compatibility is really believable. I kind of like their back and forth. The thing that works less for me is that once the story kind of gets going and, like, she actually knows the score and they're going to mate and they have mated, yada, 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 like, 
there's just so much arguing and there's so much time spent on working things out between them. It feels like every conversation is just like really hard work for both of them. And I just wanted like a little bit more fluff. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you have, you have like the sex, which is good and fine. And then you have, like, this working things out vibe, and it's just like, can we just have some later moments of, like, happy, like, casual attraction between them? Like, it's nice that it's realistic and that, like, well, this is a new dynamic for us. We're going to have to do some serious work to, like, fight through the awkward silences. Like, I like that that is acknowledged, but it was just, like... I don't want to read your couples therapy for like 200 pages. Like it was a little much. Yeah. I I think if there had been a little bit more, because they are like really attracted to each other, like that spark is there. So it's like, yes, you should, the new dynamic should be addressed. And I get that. But could we have not had more sex during all of that? (laughs) Just buff the edges off. Like, um, Unforced Error, which is the one that I chose that was about Snape and Hermione, right? It had this element of them getting to know each other and this conflict in their relationship, but it also had them facing a common issue. And so they got to work together on being in the same problem together, and you got more of that, like, synergy. And in this, the problem is their relationship. And so we don't get that, like, really nice simpatico-like feeling, I think. Um, in this one yeah I feel like what lured me in was honestly their their chemistry at work like I thought that it was fairly believable that over time you know you could say I was a bad guy but mostly misguided youth I mean it's a little bit sweeping it under the rug but I could let that go a little bit but his description the whole business... of how he fell in love with her is very good and very convincing. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it's one, I mean, it's it's my high point for the story, so spoiler alert, that's it. But like, he talks about how he, she was the smartest and he felt this antagonism toward her and his attention toward her, how his focus eventually changed and how when he would think about how he was doing in life, he was measuring himself against her and how that eventually turned into this genuine affection and like he explains it better than I do because it's great. Um, but I really loved that part. I, that speech that he gives, I think, is the strongest part of the story. But once they're together, yeah, it's like they are bickering. And and she acknowledges mm-hmm. it. You know, Hermione's like, God damn it. Does every fucking conversation have to be an argument? But I'm like, yeah, yeah I feel it? like if they cranked, <laughs> down his, cranked down his insecurity a little bit, because part of the thing I liked about their dynamic was that he is all puffed up, rich boy. But if you, like, she says something nice to him, he kind of, like, preens a little, like, you know what I mean? And I think that's kind of adorable. But the whole business of, I'm so insecure that you give me this compliment and I preen, but at the same time, it's like, I can't believe anything you say. I'm such a horrible beast and blah, blah. It's just like, just crank that from 11 just down to a nice healthy eight with the rest of humanity. (laughs) Because... It was really high. I think just a couple clicks down on that, and it would have just really helped helped things along and cut out like a couple hundred pages of therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I re- I really liked like the early part of the story because they are at the ministry working together on like the werewolf rights act and stuff like that. And even though she doesn't know about his feelings or anything yet, like like you said, they're working towards sort of a common goal, and there's like a dynamic, and you can like. Feel the tension or whatever 
which is it's like buddy cops but yeah in love. <laughs> yeah but like later in the story is when the plot kicks in so i like that i just wish that it was more balanced where it's just like okay mm-hmm. a little bit more plot in the beginning and a little bit more commonality in the end yeah it's i do think one of the strong points too is that really set it up strong in the beginning and that's why we keep maybe going back to it is it's a really for not being directly pulled out of the books or any of the media itself it's a really thought about like every edge of the world yeah. is established by this author yeah, she does an excellent really job good. yep like, so speaking of world building but not really sex how did sex. you feel about the sex scene so first i think if you need to set up he does not accept her love the reason that they have sex is because um pansy parkinson who is a slytherin from the books you guys might remember she's kind of a tertiary character um is um in love with malfoy and knows he will die if he does not mate with hermione um and sees that he's refusing to mate with hermione so she kidnaps hermione and stabs her and then she's like he's got no fucking choice now you're either gonna die or he's or he's gonna mate with you um and so he finds her because they have this psychic bond since they kissed um and he he mates with her but he still has huge insecurities about their whole relationship or whatever well he doesn't mate with her in the spot let's just she's not (laughs) when she's like bleeding out just just for context he does bite her give her his juice and powers her up gets her over to the hospital so they can patch her up he waits for her to be conscious and not bleeding out i just think that's (laughs) they don't actually do it while she's bleeding out no did I insert that myself? Oh my god. <laughs> this is a different story. Well, well, well. No, because she she leaves the hospital without like giving a statement to the ministry or whatever. Yeah, and he's like in a forced stasis. coma because they're super stasis because they're super suspicious of him. So they're like, Well, you can't go anywhere. This gal gives her a port key and she's like, Go to him. Be to him. <laughs> Find your love. And she's like, Oh yeah, this is a great idea. Oh yeah, I don't need to sign a police statement or you know check myself out of the hospital. I'll just go. This seems great. <laughs> it's just a lapse in logic for her a little bit, but I'm gonna let it go to blood loss still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get to uh, Malfoy Manor and business happens. <laughs> so how do you guys feel about the business? How do you feel, Mira? Look at you. <laughs> how do I feel about the business? You're my specialist here. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh man, what do I think? I don't have strong feelings about it in general, I guess. Like, it was good. I liked that there was, like, their mating scene, and it was kind of, like, animalistic. And then a little bit later in the story, when they're actually, like, having sex for the first time, like, it's just them. It's sort of, like, shy and awkward. And, like, I thought that was nice, a nice observation for the author to make and, like, make it kind of awkward and sweet. But I don't know. Like, it was good, but it wasn't... Mind blowing. It's, no. Yeah, it's not. It's not all star smut. Um, I, maybe no. you guys will disagree with me, but I felt like the author seemed a little bit uncomfortable writing those scenes and going into detail. It seemed like it went a little bit into summary mode while they yeah. were doing it. Um, and for, like for example, the one we read last week went into extreme <laughs> detail. That yeah. person was not afraid, right? And this one, like, we would never hear the word balls. We would never. You know, and then he <laughs> entered her is repeated a couple of times. There is also a part um, that I was not into at all where um, she says, here, let's see. I have the actual quote. Um, 
She uses orgasm as a verb. So here's a quote. As the magic flooded into her, she orgasmed again. Like, and it's just like, ah, uh, I don't know if that's grammatically correct. That's maybe is, but it sounds terrible. I think if you felt comfortable, you'd say she came or she climaxed or anything other than orgasm. Yeah, it feels a little textbooky there for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a little medical. Um, and, and it's, it's yeah. funny because I've read another story by this author, um, which of course is the Snape one. Um, and <laughs> it, it, it also does not go into the kind of detail that we've seen in some of these other stories, but it's got some very lived in relatable, like I have had sex vibes in that one and i wonder if this author became more comfortable talking about yeah this stuff because there's nothing mm -hmm. in here that is specific enough that it feels lived you know it's just like then they had sex and he touched her breast and it's just like it's fine it's not bad but it's mm -hmm. it's not mind-blowing and yeah the other one is pretty good i feel like the sex scene the first one the the mating bonding was the strongest one but also the like weird isn't the word i'm even looking for it's just it was like over the top but still very like minimally described yes so it's like all the other ones is like oh we're awkward i want a sprinkling of like he slammed her against the wall because it was hot and spicy and it was business time yeah why can't we have that when he's not like in like roids down bird mode like can we, can we get some like oh, spicy passion mm. i like i like that she's kind of discovering her sexuality a little bit because she mentions mm -hmm. how like she was never super into it before like things kind of started mm -hmm. fizzling out with ron after she realized that yeah. it just wasn't something she was super yeah, he dipped into her, dipped his wick like three times and she's like and that was the beginning of the end with <laughs> yeah ron. basically but i do appreciate that it wasn't a long drawn out ron breakup or any of that crap yeah. it was just like it just sake. didn't work out we were young move on i'm like oh thank god that's one of the reasons i submitted it actually was yeah. I needed a little bit of Ron brevity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. So, like, I appreciate that in this one, like, she's actually longing for him. And she's like, mm -hmm. oh, I ripped his shirt. Like, when did I become this creature? Oh, and also it is not mentioned if his dong is big or small. I think this is the first story that Mystery! we've read. That has not explicitly been like, oh, no, it was huge. <laughs> It was bird sized. It, yeah, it was. It was his, his cloaca gaped ominously. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. Oh no! <laughs> oh man, this one though of all the stories, because of course there's a little bit of like, well, you're the mighty Slytherin, or you're a cowardly Hufflepuff, and blah blah blah, all that stereotypes. And I usually read them and go, ugh, I'm so tired of this part. But I thought for this one, it was, it was okay. Cause it was part of their, their dynamic. It's not like not great, but a couple times when he like jabbed at her and gave her trouble, I just thought it, it fit more in the writing than a lot of them. I felt like it made sense. Yeah. He like owns his sneakiness. Mm -hmm. He owns her bravery. He's good. How do you guys feel about the characterization of Mr. and Mrs. Malfoy in this? So Narcissa and Lucius. I liked it all right. I think, especially the ending part, I felt like they were just like super nice and super reformed and it was a little bit unbelievable. But at the same time, like their son was just trying to like kill himself basically the entire story. So you can understand like maybe by then they're just like, 
Yay, the mud blood is with him and he's alive. Woo. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're very, very much the bigots and the racists in the book. And so it's like, it's really hard for me to believe that both of them have reformed. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, because Narcissa is, is set up as she has no priority above Draco. We can believe mm-hmm. that she would turn like that. Um, we I, Yeah, some more juice on the Lucius transformation I think would have been good, but I liked mm-hmm. his scene when he... They put him on Veritaserum and they make him testify in a trial. And he's just sobbing about his son basically deciding to die mm-hmm. rather yeah. than pursue this connection. And I'm like... I believe that. I mean, he's 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 under Veritas serum and stuff. It was kind of awesome. Um, I always love Narcissa. I've read several fics that take her more seriously. She's one of those characters that like is ripe for kind of being more deeply explored. So I like Narcissa. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's right on the edge of being like unbelievable in a way that like breaks my disbelief. It's right on the cusp. Yeah. for how nice they are but it's it just squeaks by a little bit with with some of the stuff it's like well how how this world was set up there's no prologue or, or epilogue i'm sorry it just rolls straight into this i'm like okay well maybe he did a little bit of time and it changed him and then he didn't have lucius didn't have his wand for a while he was essentially a muggle and that's what shocked him into realizing that you maybe aren't trash yeah <laughs> I would have liked to have a couple of scenes, even if they were consciously trying to be nice to her, of them rubbing her the wrong way because of their that disconnect, you know? Like like when mm-hmm. my mom comes to visit from out of town, and she's like, where mm-hmm. are the napkins? And I hand her a paper towel, and she looks at it, and then you can see her deciding, okay, we use paper towels as napkins in this house. This is normal. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but I still feel a little bit judged. Shit like that. <laughs> like, I feel like Hermione would be running into a ton of that, like... Entering the mm-hmm. Malfoy world, that would have been fun to Especially see. Especially just because of, like, the how wealthy they are, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. One moment, though, where I was like, oh, God, oh, God, I don't want this. She borrows his mother's clothing. And the clothing isn't the problem so much. It's a fact The underwear! That, uh, yeah, the underwear! That? Oh, my <laughs> like, God. So so Hermione's house is burned down by evil people who want to stop her her um business oh, with and her cat rights. dies her cat does not die i read the author's note cat's not dead mm-hmm. um it's not dead you <laughs> seeing me you're nodding your head the cat's alive well in the author's notes it's not dead but yeah they didn't explain it in the story oh well i always read crookshanks lives yeah crookshanks is fine <laughs> yeah. um so her her clothes are all burned up and so yeah like like um Mal- draco's mom is like you can borrow some of my clothes, including my underwear. And then she looks in the underwear drawer and it's like all sexy, sexy. panties. And she's like, yikes. I can't believe that that Draco's like, wow, I'm cured of the bond. Yay, I'm free. <laughs> I saw my mom's underwear. That's it. But no, it's never addressed. I'm still horrified, though. Like, I I, I just maybe I just Jesus. Like, that was borrowing a weird someone's detail underwear, to like borrowing, like, again, even a bra wouldn't be quite level, but it's not specified that it's just a bra or like a slip. It's like undergarments, the whole meal deal. I'm like, it touches your area. No, that's private. Yeah, for that's, real. That's personal space. It's, it's got, like sharing a toothbrush. We don't go there. Yeah, it's None got that. Lucius magic on it. I was going to say, that's how we transition into the follow-up story where Lucius accidentally thinks that it's Narcissa because she's wearing 
her clothes and then sexiness and oh my god yeah the christmas in special. the rose garden oh my god if you just wrote the smutty christmas supplemental to this story and sent it to the author and was like hmm <laughs> <laughs> so i'm wondering mira though did you envision a young jason isaacs in this because he, uh, malfoy's described as being more malfoy senior-esque in the beginning of the, the story as he's aged no, not really. I can't get the original actor out of my head. It hurts me when I read these stories. I don't have. I'm. I'm extremely auditory focused. I don't have people pictured in my head while I'm reading. So my Snape is different. My Hermione is different. My Harry Potter is different. But that motherfucker. That that. What's his actual name? Tom Felton is just burned into my. And I'm not, like. I'm <laughs> I older. Like Tom Felton. He's he's a great guy. I'm older than him. I've always been older than him since I was born. <laughs> before him. And so it just like it's so hard for me to get there, man, with him. And it's 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 on me. You guys are how? Uh, are you guys exactly Harry Potter aged? Pretty close. Around there. I'm like five years older. And like when you're like in high school, five years is a huge deal. And I don't, I'm never going to get there. Yeah. The thing I can't get over with Tom Felton is I've only seen him as like a blonde child or like a surfer bro that's unwashed. And that's a look, which is not my taste. <laughs> so I just need like an older version of him <laughs> to ship into stuff that's like yep. more groomed. Even in this story, they keep talking about how he looks like a ferret or how sharp his features are. And I'm like, Meh, like. Ooh, insecure and looks like a ferret. Like, sign me up. Like, <laughs> I, I like a sharp, cheekboned man. I'm not like talking about cheekbones. I'm talking about little Cupid-like looking lips and his little sharp, pointy chin <laughs> and stuff. Like, oh. You don't want to be stabbed when you're making out? <laughs> yeah, no. A man more delicate than I am, so he turns into a bird, triples in size. <laughs> But his weight doesn't change at all. He's just like a, a stiff wind could blow him away. <laughs> so um, I think from here we can go into high points and low points, guys. Who wants to go first? You should go with your high points since you already gave okay. us uh, yeah, my high your high point. point. You can is, continue there. Draco's description of falling in love with Hermione is extremely convincing of how this rivalry for him just became her becoming extremely important to him and how him observing her and caring about her made him feel like what he valued was different than what he valued before and that he would become selfless, at least in this one act of leaving her alone and letting her be great without him. Like that was really good. I think that was the, that was the hitch for me. So that was beautiful. Um, the low point for me though, is that I love magic shit and I really love minutia and obscure rules and mysteries and all that shit. Like that's what Harry Potter is, is like cool mysteries happening in magic world. Um, but in this story, it was mostly delivered as exposition. So stuff about velos, stuff about bonding, people like doctors would wander into the room and just like drop these huge bombs of like how vela bonding works. And it was like we learned how the bond changes when Draco survives a killing curse and why, what happens to a full blooded vela when he does X, Y, and Z, like what makes a vela sphinx come out. And like eventually I was just like, I did not care. Like like ugh. so i have a quote here i have a low point quote um that's kind of representative of what a lot of the middle third of this story is for me it says um so the doctor comes in to the room um and says granted vela bonding isn't my specialty but as i understand it it's generally harder for the human the change is more dramatic especially in your case given the quantity of magic involved in manifesting a full-blooded full vela 
not to mention the fragile connection you were in at the time following Miss Parkinson's attempt to murder you. The Vila is just tapping into something that was already there, but for you, the bond went in and forced all your magic to restructure itself fundamentally. You should have had days, if not weeks, of high proximity to stabilize and allow your magic to rebalance before drawing on it. With your separation and then what happened in the Wizenegamot, you were easily <laughs> able to overexert your magic reserves because your body hadn't realized yet that it was your magic. When you tried to cast a spell, your system would try to purging the unfamiliar magic, trying to reach for something familiar. So you used it all up rapidly. Once you did, trying to pull more was like gardening in fresh soil. You tugged a little too hard, and after that, it tore your magic out by the roots. It's just like, that is... Info dog. Dude, it kept going. Like, this is... That's one paragraph. I am not... Like, and I was just like, oh, God. Like, I do not fucking care. Like, if it could have been... This story could have been a lot shorter. Um, I think if she had the confidence to just, like... If they say, okay... I'll die without you. Oh, the bond feels weird. Oh, all of this. Like, you do not need to explain it. Like, if the person's mm-hmm. not already on board when they're 80,000 words into your 100,000 word story, they're not going to get on board. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it makes it sound very negative. That was the only problem I had with the story, but it was a problem for me. So, who wants to go next? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. So my high point is honestly the be- the beginning a little bit, just how they kind of slowly get to know each other. And if it had gotten straight past the work time, right into sexy time, five stars would have been great, but it didn't. <laughs> but I do think it's cute. Just a little bit of the like, I don't know how to quite explain it, but there's this, a moment when she comes back from a lake for whatever reason is soaking wet and shivering under her desk at work and falls asleep. And she's like pretty much fr- chilled to the bone. And he hangs out and makes sure she's warm enough and whatever with like warming spells and just kind of, well, kind of low-key creepy lurks around her, but doesn't want to leave her side because he's like genuinely concerned, but doesn't want to be creepy. So he holds out to the final moment to like sneak out essentially, but just like small acts of like making sure she's okay, that he's desperately trying to hide that niceness in him. Yeah. Like, I think that's just interesting how it was written. It's believably written i feel like i mean not like obviously in real life we don't have villas but you know hiding your true intentions while still trying to be a nice guy yeah i like that a lot yep my low point besides the goddamn underwear where i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) which was horrible for me i was just like and i'm done (laughs) mom's underwear is a huge boner killer (laughs) not good and he's got a hot mom but we're not talking about her in this story (laughs) But um, honestly, the middle of the story in general was my low point. I think that there was a lot of lull. And it's like we were really into like magical law, ministry times, and then suddenly we're into like medical trauma and healing emotionally and physically. And I just, I, I felt like there was a couple different stories that were trying to get told here. The beginning and the end were considerably stronger than the middle. I agree with that. I don't know if any, you're picking up what I'm throwing down there. It's, it's yeah. again, some of the stuff in the middle, there's a little, there's some sprinkling of things that you do need when you get to the end, but could really just shore that up a lot because yeah. I'm not wanting to watch like a medical drama ER. I, I, I'm not here for that. <laughs> I feel like the author maybe didn't know where they were going with the plot until they like kind of got there because you have like the mystery with Pansy Parkinson and like mm-hmm. who's pulling the strings who's trying to force him to bond with her. 
And then after that happens, it turns into this crazy, like, ministry conspiracy where, like, Mm -hmm. they're trying to murder Hermione because she wants rights for magical creatures, and then Draco gets imprisoned, and it just, and then she almost dies for other reasons, (laughs) and it's just, like, lots of plot that didn't necessarily feel was set up earlier in the story. It feels almost like two stories. Yeah, I agree. Because, I agree. like, when you're reading Harry Potter, for example, I think the most satisfying thing is when you're taking things in as a part of the story, and then you realize in retrospect, oh, that was extremely significant, you know? Yeah. And in this is the exact reverse. She tells you what you need to know exactly when you need to know it in these enormous blobs of, like... <laughs> exposition unfortunately yeah which sounds extremely but, negative yeah. i still enjoyed the story but i yeah i agreed i did too yeah. i i still enjoyed it i really like some of the ways that this author goes about writing i'm, I'm interested in reading some of their other work to see if Dude, maybe it's it's grown the snape one mm. some of it, a lot of it that i've read i've read a couple of other ones and they're very very good so i don't know mm-hmm. if this was an earlier work or if it just needed more revision like it's still good but i think it Mm -hmm. has a few more structural problems than the other ones i've read yeah the this one is at least two years older than the snape one which is of course the epitome of (laughs) of quality for me (laughs) learning improving yay good job yeah but i mean this author is really prolific i've seen a lot of a lot of her stuff around so yeah and she's good i assume it's a woman unfortunately in this case i don't actually know I don't know. I also assume it's a lady. I usually stalk people's Tumblr and then they, you know, they say, well, I crapped out Reveal. a baby. And you're like, okay. <laughs> 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 um, I have another bitch, which I guess I should have mentioned during my low points. And this is not really specific to this author. It's more of a JK Rowling bitch. But like, in this story, Padma Patil is Hermione's assistant. And... It rubs me wrong because that character rubs me wrong because I have a problem with, like, having the first person of color that is named and is actually interacted with by Harry Potter being treated like shit in the story. And then this is just, like, dropping a little, like, swoop and poop on the end of just, like, and then she becomes Hermione's assistant because she's, like, the secondary thing. And, like, I don't know, I, I probably read way too much fan fiction, but I've read many things where, like, she becomes a healer, you know, she's one of Hermione's best friends, she has a real part in a lot of the stories that people have written, um, and, like, man, like, J.K. shat on her, and Harry shat on her, and now this was just, like, and you're Hermione's assistant, and I was just like, ugh, like, God, I did not want to see that, like, fuck that. Padma or is it Pavardi? I thought it was was it Pavardi? Oh, yeah, it was Parvati. Yes, Parvati Patil. Well, they were twins. Yeah, I never read these things out loud. I don't know how to say them. Parvati. <laughs> no, I just I've always kind of rooted for her. Like I've I've re- rewatched the movies recently, and just like the way that they're treated is this consolation prize and this like disappointment. Mm-hmm. In which movie is it that the Yule Ball is like? Yeah, the Goblet of Fire, yeah, I think. it's fucking rough. And they, they have beautiful actresses. Like, there's no reason that, like, Harry and Ron should be so dismissive of them. And, like, they pursued them, and then they, because they said yes, were treated like utter trash, like, at the Yule Ball and stuff. So, I don't know. I, I like, I've seen several stories where they kind of get some kind of vindication, and, and this was not one of them. So, should have looked for erotic fanfic that had them in it. 
Yes. Ooh yeah. No, I've seen I've seen opportunity. Um, there is some um Parvati and Hermione slash out there. Um, which is super believable to me. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um do you wanna tell us then, Abby, how the story ends? Can you wrap this I... up? Oh, we need to do your. I'm sorry. Go, go, go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I agree with you guys with most of your high points. I think the only thing I would really add, um, I liked all the character development with like the side characters. Obviously, you know, not what you just mentioned, but like (laughs) all all of Draco's kind of like friends and family, like trying to sneakily clue Hermione into what's going on, and like kind of going to bat for him and being like don't die you idiot like i can't tell her because you made me make an unbreakable vow and i'm not supposed to know and all this other stuff even like the co-workers were well developed and like was it runcorn yeah like being the bad guy like i i liked that the characters in the wizarding world were kind of fleshed out a bit in this more so than most fics i would say i also like I kind of like the way that Harry Potter was written in this, too. Harry was a badass in this. I'm like, he was great. I I mean, he's married. (laughs) But he was like kind of snarking back at them. Like, I mean, he was he was qualified in his job and like kicking ass in that way. But like, he's like, oh, I'm never appreciated. And they're basically just like, Harry, you have like a statue and a fountain and like a (laughs) bank holiday (laughs) named after you. Like, (laughs) shut the fuck up. So I liked, there was like some occasional snack and some some humor that I appreciated. For the low points, we basically already talked about a lot of them. Just uh, the over explanation of a lot of things that I think we already knew um, from earlier in the story. Or didn't need to know. Yeah, or didn't need to know. It kind of slowed down the flow a bit. And I just got so tired of like Draco, especially just self-sabotaging. It's just like, let her love you. Just do it. That's the thing. I think a lot of these stories try to get us in that, like, will they or won't they space, but there was not any genuine suspense here. Like, we knew. Yes. Yeah, so it was a little exhausting. Yeah, and I I think that's one thing from this specific, you know, collection that we've all gone through, this whole fandom, and maybe it's just the ones we happen to stumble upon, but I am very exhausted with self-sabotage at this point. It seems to be, like, really (laughs) common. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> like. I think it's eh. a go-to for conflict in a lot of these stories, and I definitely feel it working on me in a lot of them. Like you can, like a character will do something where you're like, well, that's stupid. Like they obviously like you. Why are you turning away? Kind of thing. But like it still kind of tugs on your heartstrings a little bit. Like despite all of that, you can like feel that aching in your chest. But this just kind of hit you over the head with it, and it's like, just stop. <laughs> chill <laughs> like the 20th time was just like uh, let him die then I don't care <laughs> um I even liked Pansy Parkinson in this like she yeah. to me is like so she really loves him to the point where she becomes a fugitive for the rest of her life for stabbing Hermione to save his life and he's still pissed at her but like fuck you dude she's a badass like she's like an investigative reporter she's hiding forever like she's the tragic one in this story, man. That shit mm-hmm. is harsh. She she doesn't just stab her. She like uses hexes to like slit both of her wrists open. 
Yeah. And Hermione's yeah. thinking, like, how am I going to get out of this? Like, can I, like, slip through the cuffs with, like, the lubrication from the blood or something? And then she stabs her in the stomach, and it's like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> so now I'd like to go around and ask each of you whether you would recommend the story to others. I think I would. I would because I, I do think her writing is very strong. Could have been, you know, improved. It does seem like she's grown from what you guys have said as an author since. So I'm, again, interested to read some of her other works. But I think I'd recommend it. Um, I would, too. Um, this is Audrey. Um, I, um, because I'm older than Draco, I'm always going to have some trouble with Draco. Like, I, to tell the truth, I was, I was imagining Lucius, like, as much as I possibly could during this. <laughs> yes. I was like, mm. <laughs> he's not that much younger than me, but, like, I just see him so much as a little kid. That's my own personal hang-up. Um, but still, it was an interesting story, um, and I really did like their dynamic um, when he was trying to protect her and care for her while maintaining this facade of just this rich asshole. So, yes, I would recommend it as well. How about you, Mira? I would also recommend it. Um, I do think that it's an original story. I like kind of where they went with it. I think I would especially recommend it to somebody who was into this pairing. Or into birds. Or into birds. <laughs> The end. <laughs> Audrey is chuffed with herself. I am. <laughs> Abby, could you walk us through the ending of this story? So pretty much at the end, they find out who the big bad is, put him in jail, and they move in together, uh, Malfoy and Hermione, into the cottage on the other side of the mansion so they don't have to live there. Though they are spending a ton of time there, because there's a huge uh, laboratory in the basement. Hermione ends up going for a short stint back to the ministry once everything's settled to do a little bit more advocacy, help him get his wand back, considering he was classified as too magical of a creature to get to keep his wand. Little tidbit there. <laughs> and so once that's all wrapped up, she comes back to help him full time in the lab because he can't. he's banished for life from going to the ministry. One other fun detail from the end is that it comes out that he made the room she was tortured in unplottable with his friend on a really drunk night, which means like they made the room kind of like grim old place and you have your secret keeper that knows where it's at, but they found some, essentially a hobo. <laughs> they paid him to be their secret keeper and then they obliviated that knowledge out of him. So essentially that room doesn't exist in the house anymore because he was so upset about it existing after the war. So... She hangs out in the house. Um, they make potions, and uh, it ends with her being pregnant, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Happily bumping ever after. <laughs> and they have become legally married by doing it, right? And that's yes. yeah. They just start uh, they didn't, saying they didn't they're explain. legally married, and I'm like, what was it? The dick? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was the magical bonding. I think counts as marriage. The, the bite. Yeah. The, the bite and the thrust. The combination there. <laughs> That's nice. the move, the bite and thrust. That's the name of my pub. <laughs> bite and thrust. Uh, is, are you sure it's not the name of your, your dance club? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe makes more sense. Come Guzzler is the pub. And then uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you got the bite, bite and thrust. We'll start a whole alternate magical <laughs> wizarding world with this. It's my goth club. <laughs> and then we'll serve only absinthe cocktails at Luna Lovegood Lakes. 
I like a little absent. It's Ditto. Oh, freaking gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just haven't had the good shit yet, Audrey. Oh, we'll get Jesus. you yet. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Shipwrecks. As always, check the show notes for links to this and next week's story. Be sure to follow us on social for the latest updates and extras. Tune in next week for more ships and more wrecks. When it comes to forcing down anything that's disgusting, I just can't do it. You like some that's a skill weird that I don't flavors. Have. I'm surprised. I do. It's a skill that I don't have, though, if I really don't like it. Like, I, I cannot swallow it. I'm just like, ah. That's... What? It pertains to our last story. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. You guys are very wrongly accusing me of some things that are just absolutely not true. It was right there. It was hard to not. It was, we were drowning in... <laughs>